0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee, make your name great. and Thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And today for a few minutes, I wanna speak to you on this subject. Will I be a blessing? Will I be a blessing. God bless you, you may be seated. I've tried to dissect these first three verses of Genesis chapter 12 and I came to this conclusion. God began by saying, Abram, I want you to do one thing and if you do one thing, I'll do four. Now, you're probably looking at your Bible and saying, okay, what are the four things that God's gonna do for Abram? And if I get confused about Abram and his name being changed to Abraham, will you give me grace today? Okay, because his name will be changed to Abraham, which we are much more familiar with. But God said, there's one thing I want from you, Abram. I want you to get out. Get out of your country. Get away from your parents. Everything that you're familiar with, I want you to leave it all behind. That's the one thing I ask of you, and here's why. You see, Abram's father was Terah, and Terah was an idol worshiper. Now that's where Abram learned how to worship. He learned from his father how to worship. He's just worshiping the wrong God. And so he said, I'm gonna take you, I'm gonna have to take you out of where you are and I'll show you where I want you to go. He didn't even say, I wanna send you here and I'll give you a map. He just said, I want you out and I'll show you along the way. This is a shadow and type of what every one of us are gonna have to go through if we're going to be Christians. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you unto myself and you will be my sons and you will be my daughters and I will be your God. I will be your God. So the call that God placed on Abraham is now today being placed on you. Your parents might not like it. I'm sure Tara didn't like it. I'm sure it was hard for Abram to leave his friends and acquaintances, to quit his job, to take his trade elsewhere. I mean, everything changed the day he left Canaan. It's hard. I remember when I first came into the church and and I started counting the cost. And I thought, well, I'm just gonna go tell all my friends this and they're all gonna be just like me. They're all gonna be so glad to hear this and they're gonna wanna come to church and they're gonna be willing to make the sacrifices and make the same commitments I've made. Didn't work out that way, did it? Straight is the gate, narrows the path. Few there be that find it, but broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there are that enter therein. They deserve an opportunity. Brother Larson, where's Brother Larson? There he is. Brother Larson, you did an outstanding job at the men's breakfast yesterday. You and Brother Matucci, it was just outstanding. (laughs) One of the things that Brother Larson talked about was he said, you know what? Everybody passes by an altar at least once in their lifetime. And they get an opportunity to make a decision for themselves. And the people that may have encouraged them and brought them to that altar can't make that decision for them. And if they make the wrong decision, can't be responsible for their wrong decisions. Isn't that powerful? My objective today is to bring you to an altar of decision. It's gonna cost you, I'm just gonna tell you up front, it cost Jesus everything. It's gonna cost you something. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so, but Abraham accepted that. He did what he was told to do. Just he and his wife, he left. Now here's the four things, so I can save you a little time. The four things that God said he would do. Number one, he said, I'm gonna make of you a great nation. I'll bless you, I'll make your name great, and you'll be a blessing, four things. Great nation, bless thee, make your name great, and be a blessing, those are the four things. Sounds to me like a pretty good deal. I wish I could say that my classmates uh, and my friends all came to church with me, they did not. That's their choice. That's their decision. But as for me, but as for me, and the house that I am supposed to influence, we will serve the Lord. Whatever that means, whatever that costs, whatever God requires, I will do it because I love him Not because I'm trying to get something more from him, but because of what he's already given me. I'm not serving God so that I can have more money and more things. I'm serving God because I love him and I appreciate the fact that he died on a cross for my sins. I appreciate what he's done in my life aside from financial blessings and things that he's provided. You see, if you don't fall in love with God, you won't last. But Abram, he left something to worship someone. Think about it. The only thing he had when he left Canaan was his wife and the promises of his God. That's it. He wasn't wealthy. He didn't have a home, he had very little. I don't know if he had any camels or whatever it took, but he had the minimum when he left and the promises of God on his life. Did you know that, that Abram was actually a Ben Cartwright type character? Yeah, he was. I want you to read it. Hey, let's go to the next chapter. Uh, Genesis chapter 13. It says, Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, silver and gold. Abram was receiving the promises and the blessings of God. He became a cattle rancher, he became wealthy, and when he started selling the cows, he ended up with silver and gold. He was a rich man, but he was a generous man. He was a kind man. He helped other people. He was not only concerned about himself, he was concerned about others. The Bible demonstrates this by saying that God called Abram the friend of God. And remember, when the three angels came before they were gonna to go to Sodom and Gomorrah and destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, three angels came to Abram. And the first angel said, and I believe this was a theophany of God, the first angel said, can I hide from my friend the judgment that I'm about to bring? Will I not, should I not tell him as he has instructed his family in my ways? And so he comes in a theological form and speaks to Abraham and says, this is what I'm about to do. And Abraham says, oh, wait, wait a minute. Lot, his wife, his family, they're in there by now. They're gonna be destroyed if you destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So he begins to bargain for his nephew and for his nephew's family. Abraham cared more about others than he cared about himself. He was generous, and he was kind, and God honored him for that. The promises again, Genesis 12 and two, I'll make of you a great nation. Israel is a great nation, and Abraham is the father of that nation. God has kept his promise, and I will bless thee, and he did. He was wealthy with cattle and gold and silver, and I'll make your name great, And people are still talking about Abraham today. Even in America, we talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said that you would also be a blessing. Do you know that Israel has blessed America? Do you know that Christianity was born in Israel and has been shared with the United States of America? The United States of America has been blessed by Abraham and by his descendants. Can I get an amen? Amen. Because it's the truth. It's the truth. But the question would come to us, why would God want to bless us? Why would God want to bless us? And I, I have three reasons I'd like to share with you. Number one, I believe God wants to make an example of us. God wants to make an example of us. Romans 12, one through two says, "'I beseech you therefore, brethren, "'by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies "'a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, "'which is your reasonable service.'" And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants us to be an example of his blessing and favor on his people. Now, if Abraham was asked to leave Canaan and all that went with it, then understand this, God will ask the same of us. Present your bodies, he said, a living sacrifice. A living, not a dead sacrifice. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Is there anybody here with me that believes in living a holy life? Inwardly, outwardly, pleasing to God, exampling what God has done in our lives in our conduct, in our character, in our appearance, in our behavior at all times, we should be Christians. And be not conformed to this world. Don't let the world set our standard. Don't let the world tell us what's right and wrong. The new norm, I've heard about that, the new normal. No, 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 not falling into that trap, okay? We need to stay in the book. We need to stay in the word. What the word of God teaches us, that's how we should live. (laughs) Say, well, you look different, you talk different, you live different. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be an example. The second reason that God wants to bless us is he wants to be able to bless others through us. Consider this. Sister Kylie, since it's my wife, I can ask for an extra favor. Luke 6 and 38, I know that's not on your, on your sheet, but I want them to see this. God wants to bless others through us. God does not want us to be the tail, he wants us to be the head. Luke 6, 38. Now see if this doesn't compare to Genesis 12, 1. God said, this is what I want you to do, and then this is what I will do. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. This is a very, very important scripture in the Bible. You gotta get this. God does not write checks from heaven and deliver them through the US Postal Service. Now he will bless his people and the check can come in the mail but it will come from another man or another woman or a company or a business. It will come through people. It does not come from heaven. It comes through people. And the way that you give is the way that you receive. He that soweth sparingly shall reap and he that soweth bountifully shall reap. So what kind of a blessing do you want? And what kind of a blessing should God give you? It should be in proportion to your willingness to bless others. Listen to this, God does not give us more so that we can have more. He gives us more so that we can give more because he wants to give through us, not only to us the greedy person, the selfish person says, how come I don't have what my brother has? How come they're always getting blessed and they've got more than I've got? Well, one of the reasons might be is that they can give more. And I'm not just talking about money here either. I'm talking about giving of your talents, your time, and your treasures to bless the kingdom of God, or to bless the body of Christ. That is specifically what I'm talking about. And we are not all created equal. You say, oh, that's in the constitution. Well, it's in the constitution, but it's not true. We don't all have the same amount of time. Say, oh, we all got 24 hours. No, we don't all have the same length of life. Some die younger than others. So you don't all have the same amount of time and nobody knows how much time they've got left. But with the time that you have, will you bless or will you continue to only take? We don't all have the same amount of talents. Some people are multi-talented people. They've got just talent oozing out all over the place and other people have one talent. Everybody, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you instantly have one talent. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, all over the world. You would now have a talent, one, at least one, and that is to be a witness. And God expects us to use the talent that he gave us to bless others. God has placed inside of you truth. He expects you to bless others with truth. God has filled you with his spirit. He expects his spirit to be able to bless others through your life. We have been blessed so that we can be a blessing. And the third reason is to show off God's glory and God's grace. You know, if if we were a poor people and and we couldn't feed ourselves and take care of ourselves, who'd want to be like us? Oh, is this what what happens when you serve God? But I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God takes care of us. Can I get an amen? Amen. And people need to be able to recognize the blessing of of God on our lives, not so that they can have more, but so that they can give more. See, people feel they don't have anything to give. I don't have a lot of money, so what do I have to offer? You have talents, you have time, start there. And as you sow, so shall you also reap. It will come back on you. Can I get an amen? I've observed two groups of people. Those who want, won't give. And those who give, won't want. That's the way it works. The people people that want say, I don't have anything to give. Sure you do, you have something. You know, that's why, and I'm gonna be really bold with you today, that's why God put his stamp of approval on Abraham's plan concerning tithing. Do you know why? Because it made everybody equal. The man that makes a million dollars a year versus the man that makes a thousand dollars a year are equal in their tithing. J.C. Penney said the reason that God made him a millionaire was he learned to be faithful with the little that he had so that God could bless him with the much that he wanted to give through J.C. Penney. J.C. Penney accredited his success to putting God first. And he became very wealthy. You see, where the river flows, the crops grow. Where the river flows, the crops grow. God gives you this blessing so that you can bless. I must be really deep today. I'm gonna have to talk simpler, okay? Where the rivers flow, the crops grow. When God gives to us, he expects us to be rivers, not ponds. You've heard me say this before. So, I'm not going to begrudge the point again. Do not be a pond, be a river. Be a river. Let God flow through your life. And as God flows through your life, the river is always sustained because it flows, it's receiving because it's giving. Somebody say, I get it. See, we don't have a lack of food. We don't have a lack of resources. We have, in my opinion, a distribution problem. I drive by here all the time and I see cornfields and bean fields. Crops are being produced. I go to pick and save, I see groceries on the shelves. There's no shortage of food. Why would anybody be hungry? We have a distribution problem. Did you know that there is enough food in the streams, rivers, lakes, and oceans to feed everybody on the face of the earth? We wouldn't even need to grow a crop if we could take out of the sea what we need to eat. But we have a distribution problem. We have not run out of land. But we have a distribution problem. We have people congregating in small pockets and we say, the, the world is getting smaller. The world is not getting smaller. God did not create an earth and say, what would I do if there were six billion people on it? I'd run out of room. He knows exactly how long this world will last. He's made enough land for all of us. He's made enough food for all of us, but we have a distribution problem. Even in our churches, we have a distribution problem. Uh Uh-oh. Do you know that God knows the math? Somebody say amen. God knows the math. If everybody in this church were tithe-paying members and gave as God asked them to give, there would never, ever be a need in this congregation Never. But we have to deal with our flesh and we can get greedy and prideful and it can hold back the blessing that God wants to give. The blessing that God wants to give. Did you know God wants to bless his people? He wants to bless his people Matter of fact, he'll curse people that try and curse his people. Watch this. Genesis 12 and three, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Take a look at Matthew 25 and 40. The king will answer and say unto them, verily I say unto thee, in so much as you've done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. Now, I'm not reading the whole passage because it talks about you visited me in prison, you gave me this, you ministered to me all these different times. And they say, well, how did we ever do that to you, Lord? He said, well, in that you, in so much as you did it to the least, the least of these, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. So we ought to bless God's people before we even bless the world. If I have an opportunity to bless my brother and an opportunity to bless the world, I should choose my brother over the world. Well, I don't know, maybe you don't feel that way, but that's what this says. You did it to the least of my, these my brethren, you did it unto me. You see, God gave us all the time, the talents, and the treasures that we have. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let me give you an example of this. Genesis 25 and verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And he that had received five talents came and brought him after five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, "Well done." And then He qualifies him by two things: you, good and faithful servant; thou spend faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I hope you got to get this, folks. I want to bless you today. You just gotta get what I'm saying. He's saying here, listen, he's saying to them, I gave you five, you've increased it by five. You've done good. You did the right thing. And you've been faithful. And because you've been faithful over a few, wait a minute, I'm the top dog. I'm the one that got five. Maybe God wanted to give 10. But he said, what I gave you, you did good with it. Do you want to do good with what God gives you? Do good with what God gives you and be faithful with what God gives you. I'll make you a ruler over many things. And then listen to the last thing. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Here it is, folks, there's a joy in giving, and I found it to be true. The more you give to Jesus, the more He's gonna give to you. So give till you can't give anymore. Give more than you can afford, because you just can't outgive the Lord. And He's proving us. See, this is what I'm trying to say God is proving us with His blessings that we are trustworthy. We are worthy of trust, trustworthy. If I I give you this, can I trust you with it to bless other people? Because that's the way I move things around, through people. But if I can only give you $5, and you close your hands on it, and you say, I've got $5, and this $5 is not leaving my control. Then the blessing stops. God closes the window. You're a $5 person. You can't be trusted. I'll have to find somebody else. I'll go over here with my $5. See if I can trust this guy with $5, sir. What are you gonna do with this $5 that I've blessed you with? Well, I'm gonna put you first. I'm gonna give you 50 cents. And is there anything else you want from me, Lord? Well, yeah, I want you to give a quarter to this guy. I want you to do this, or I want you to do that. Okay, Lord. And And you'll still have enough with that little to do what needs to be done. And God says, okay, time for a promotion Now I'll give you $10, now I'll give you $100. Let's see what you do with that. Can God trust us with his blessings? And when the trust is warranted and God continues to bless us, he'll make our name great. He'll bless all the families of the earth. He'll curse those that curse us and bless those that bless us. I don't just don't know how else to say it. God wants to bless his people. Not so that our bank accounts can be fatter, but you'll always have enough. And you'll be able to get some of the things you want, maybe not all of them, but you'll be able to have all your needs met. And God will provide some of your wants if you prove that you can be trusted So he goes to the next guy. He said, come over here. I gave you two talents. What have you done with them? Well, Lord, I've increased them by two. He says exactly the same thing that he said to the five because he's no respecter of persons. The principle has duplicated itself. This guy has three less talents. He didn't accomplish as much. Oh, yes, he did. In God's eyes, he did. He had less to work with, but he was good and he was faithful. And God said, I'll make you ruler over many things. Enjoy your joy. You know, there's such a joy in giving. You know, Christmas time is coming and I'm just gonna be honest with you. I don't, I'm not real interested in what I'm gonna get. But I sure enjoy giving. Don't you? Seeing somebody else be happy What does that do for you? That's a godly characteristic. For God so loved the world, he... He didn't take, he gave. We're supposed to be givers. But the last guy, he only had one talent. And the Lord said, all right, what'd you do with your talent? What'd you do with what I gave you? well, Lord, I knew you were hard. I I hid my talent. I'll go dig it up and you can have it back. I'm not interested in that. That's not what I gave it to you for. Go over there and take that talent from that guy and give it to the guy with five, who now has 10. And take that unprofitable servant and cast him into outer darkness where there shall be weeping, and gnashing of teeth. You know why there's weeping and gnashing of teeth in hell? Because people knew what they were supposed to do. And they failed to do it. And they have nobody to blame but themselves and they're angry with themselves. They weren't good. They weren't faithful. And as a result, God did not bless them and took the little that they had and gave it to somebody else. Let's stand together. Here's what God wants from me and maybe he wants it from you. He wants me to be a giver. Remember that poem we heard a long time ago? If everyone were just like me, what kind of church would this church be? If everybody gave like I gave, how would the church do financially? If everybody took an attitude towards ministry that says, let somebody else do it, what kind of church would this be? If everybody said, what do you got to give me today and never gave anything, no encouragement, never prayed with anyone, never had anybody over for dinner, never shook hands with a visitor, what kind of a church would this be? It'd be a dead, dull, boring church. But remember this, the last thing he said to people that used their talents wisely was, enter into the joy I'm gonna see if I can get one more amen out of you today. Has anybody here ever taught a Bible study and seen the joy that comes to somebody else from the teaching of God's word? Has anybody ever been able to come to a baptismal tank and see a convert that you taught be baptized in Jesus' name? What does that do for you? It's like being baptized all over again. Has anybody ever come and put their arm around somebody and offered a word of encouragement and seen the the tears flow down their cheeks? Because you gave something, they were able to receive something. Later on, it might be you that's at the altar needing something. And because you sowed encouragement, God's gonna inspire somebody to come to you and give you encouragement and help. It's a joyous thing to give. It's a joyous thing to give. (laughs) Psalm 103 verse one. We're talking about blessing today. Will I be a blessing? Oh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgiveth all my iniquities, who healeth all my diseases, who redeemed my life from destruction, who crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfied my mouth with good things so that the youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. God has blessed us, folks. He's blessed us. And now we need to be a blessing. And that's where the joy comes from.